You are listening to The Family Culture Project, and this is episode number 14, Maintaining Family Culture After a Move, with special guest Kimberly Coyle. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. So if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Hmm. It almost seems like an easy one because let's face it, we honeymoon in Paris and we both love it there. So I think pretty much in a heartbeat, we would probably live there. But I'd also say, and this you probably don't agree with as much, is is I'm kind of drawn to Hong Kong and Asia, the Asia region in general, because I just feel like that's the developing part of the world. There's so much going on and there's so much we don't know about, say, Asia versus what we know about um, Europe and that area and, and, the, and the beautiful architecture there and the history that's there. But I think Asia has a lot to offer. So I like Hong Kong. I would definitely move to Paris, <laughs> having been there. Um, but you're right. Like I have friends that have lived in Hong Kong and they said it's an amazing place to live. But I think it would be just a little bit scary. I mean, I love I love the idea of taking off and living abroad for a few years, but I also think there would be um, some huge adjustments that we'd have to make. And I think the biggest thing that would freak me out would be figuring out how to pack up our home. Like, how the heck do you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pare down and move across the globe. How do you live is not an American. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It would be hard. Even though we haven't lived abroad, you grew up in Long Island, went to school in Syracuse, New York. And lived also in Atlanta. And then eventually I drug you back to New York City. And now now we're in New Jersey. How has living in all those locations impacted you? So Long Island is kind of its own little entity. But it is definitely a unique place. You know, I was lucky growing up. We did a lot of trips to Pennsylvania to see my grandparents. So I was very aware of the stark contrast between where I lived and other places in the United States. Then after college, I moved to Atlanta and... I wouldn't say it was a culture shock because, like I said, you know, growing up, I had the opportunity to travel a little bit across the United States. But the life down there, the way of life was slower. People were very polite. People were very old-fashioned. Men opened doors for women. And, you know, and it actually took me a long time to get comfortable with that and be used to that, to learn how to, like, stop when uh, I was approaching a door and a man was approaching a door because he would always step in front of me and open the door for me. And... There was a lot of little things that I picked up when I lived down there. And you mean that doesn't happen in New York City? No. <laughs> so when I moved to New York City, it was such a stark contrast from that that style of life in Georgia um, that it was almost jarring. And I had to like remind myself, okay, like I'm actually changing everything about the way I live. I'm in a faster pace now. And I mean, not only did I move from Georgia to New York, I actually moved to New York City. So the energy was different. The lifestyle was different. The way people treated each other were different. And it took a lot of getting used to. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, New York has a lot of great things to offer. But I do I do have a heart for the South. I do, I do like a lot of what you described about how what you experienced in the South. So I, I do think we'll find ourselves down there someday. But, you know, the South is definitely something, mm-hmm. um, a part of the country that we really do enjoy. Yeah. Well, our guest, Kimberly Coyle, she's had the opportunity not only to live in London, but to live in Switzerland. Her most recent 
expat experience was in Switzerland. It was with her husband and her three children, and she experienced a lot of changes to the lifestyle that they were living in New Jersey. And she had to find ways to maintain her values and her family's culture while she was in a different culture. It was really interesting to talk to her about that experience. Yeah, I think that, look, you know, Kimberly had um, an experience abroad, but I think a lot of what she sang um, really applies to even moving within the United States, let's be honest, right? The the North um, up in New York versus the South is has a lot of differences as well. I mean, it's still American, so there's mm-hmm. there's there's a, there's an aspect of that. But I but I, I definitely think we can apply it to many, many situations. I have the pleasure of being good friends with Kimberly, and so I know a lot of her story. But the things that we talked about in this interview were things that I really hadn't talked to her about before. And Carl, even though you don't know her as well, you know her story too because you follow her blog. What about the conversation that I had with her stood out the most? Well, let me first say something quickly about Kimberly. I don't know her very well, but I have read quite a few of her, her posts, and I have to say... She makes me cry the most (laughs) when I read her writing. So she's very um, amazing writer. But what stood out, I think, in your conversation with her on this topic is that how that our you know family culture and the strong underlying values that go with that can make any transition to a new place um, that you move easier. It, It helps you not only make the decisions of when to make that move and how it will work for your family, but it helps you make individual decisions day by day when you're in a new place. Um, so Switzerland being much different, um, a much different culturally, right? But it also, what also came to came across to me there is that when you're living in a new place, especially, you know, completely different than the United States, it, it can actually have a positive influence in shaping your culture and refining your culture. Because we've talked about, you know, how culture can change and refine over time. And making a move like that and seeing the world from a different perspective really can help add a, a, a core value to your family or alter what you believe, believe is your current um, understanding of, your, of one of your core values. So I think that's really cool. What I really liked about our conversation was how she talked about meeting other families that had different values, different religions, and different food preferences. And just after talking to her, it it helped me realize how hard it can be for people that are potentially even locating from far away to, say, our neighborhood. And it's made me want to support those people in our community even more. Hey there, did you know every family is known for something? What do you want your family to be known for? Download our free family culture discussion sheet. In just 30 minutes, you'll explore who you are as a family and discover who you want to become together. Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com and start living a life of purpose with the ones you love today. I'm so excited today to be talking to Kimberly Coyle. Kimberly is a freelance writer and an adjunct professor of writing with an MFA in creative nonfiction. She writes regularly online at www.kimberlyanncoyle.com and has written for publications such as In Touch Magazine, Fathom Magazine, Encourage, and Grace Table. She was also one of my co-hosts on the Slices of Life podcast, and it's an absolute pleasure to be behind the mic with her again. I am so glad to have you here today to talk to us about living as an expat and how it's impacted your culture. You had the unique experience of living abroad for a few years. Why don't you tell us a bit about your story and how that came to be? 
Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. I'm so excited to talk about it. I don't get a lot of questions about it. And then when I talk about it in general and like amongst friends, I think that it just sounds obnoxious. So no. this is kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I lived in Europe. Oh, excuse me. Um, anyway, yeah. So we, when my husband and I were um, in our early 20s, we were just, we weren't tied down to anything really. Um, we didn't have kids yet. Uh, we'd been married for a couple of years and we were really interested in living abroad. So um, we started, he started to look at his company for opportunities where he could do that. And we actually had an opportunity to live in Australia, uh, which we ended up turning down. So we both traveled out there and um, he, you know, sort of went through a informal interview process and the whole thing. Um, and even though we loved it, we just felt like the timing wasn't right. Um, when we prayed about it, we just thought, you know what, this doesn't feel right. Even though Australia, please, that's like a dream place to live. But yeah, um, amazing. Yeah. So I, part of me regrets that a little bit. I'm like, oh, what, what would our lives have been like had we chosen to do it? But in the end, I don't think the timing is right. So we waited a few years, and um, after we had our first child, um, we started talking about it again, and um, an opportunity came up in England. So we moved to London when um, our youngest, no, our oldest, rather, was um, about 16 months old. So um, we lived in London for three and a half years and had a second child born there, and then we moved back um, to the States. And moved to New Jersey, which was new to us, and lived here for six years in New Jersey. And then around six years, I started to get really itchy feet. Um, my <laughs> husband was, he was pretty happy, you know, very content just with our suburban lives in New Jersey. But I don't know, we had three kids. I wanted something different, something more. Um, and I just had, like I said, itchy feet. I just wanted to try something new. So um, I just broached the subject with him and I said, you know, do you think, would you consider going abroad again? And, um, and he said, you know, yeah, I think, I think I would. So he just started putting feelers out to see what might be possible at work. I and, didn't realize that was your idea. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, typically he drives almost everything in our yeah. family and relationship. Like he just is a very strong force mm -hmm. of nature <laughs> personality, uh, which is wonderful. And I love that. Um, but I really, I really just felt like, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to do it. And, and since he was totally on board, um, we started looking, you know, for opportunities. And then this opportunity came up to move to Zurich in Switzerland. So um, we did that when our kids were, uh, I think they were five, eight and 12, mm -hmm. somewhere around that age, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and we lived there for three and a half years and then moved back to New Jersey, which is where we are now. Oh, wow. So it's, it's a lot of back and forth, but um, lots of amazing experiences. Yeah. And how long have you been back? We have been back about five years now. Wow. Yeah. But our kids, you know, we decided we could have stayed in Switzerland longer and I would have liked to have stayed a little bit longer just to have more um, travel time, more experiences there. But our oldest was reaching high school age and we really felt very 
strongly that our kids needed to be, uh, we, we needed as a family to be rooted somewhere when our kids were in high school. Mm -hmm. So once the first one started high school, you know, that was it. We just, we knew like we want to be near family um, mm -hmm. as our kids grow older and as our parents age. Mm -hmm. um, and then we wanted to be rooted somewhere. So they feel like they're from somewhere. Right. Um, which often, you know, what happens a lot of times is when you kind of get on this expat circuit, you kind of bounce around a lot. And we would meet a lot of families who just had no home. I mean, they would go, you know, five years here, three years there. And just that was their family life. And that's great. I mean, that's a great choice to make if that works for your family. But for us, we just knew that wasn't what we wanted permanently. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we were committed to, to staying yeah. here in New Jersey for as yeah. long as our kids are in high school, for sure. So. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you were intentional about deciding what the next few years would look like for your family and then did what you had to make yeah. it happen. Yeah, yeah it really was, um, it was partially triggered by the high school thing and mm -hmm. the other you know, big trigger for us, which made us really rethink, you know, the decisions we were making was my father-in-law um, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And, um, he actually died while we were living in Switzerland. And that, that really, um, really made us think like, what do we want our family life to look like? What do we want it to look like in terms of our, um, our ability to be with our parents as they're aging? And, you know, that was a, that was a blow. That was really very hard. Um, yeah. and we were actually already on our way back. You know, we knew we were going to be leaving soon and coming back to the States, but that kind of confirmed for us that we were doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So before you left, um, what did a typical day like look like in suburban New Jersey? And then tell us a little bit about what it was like in Switzerland. Yes. Well, my suburban life looks just like everybody else's suburban life, basically. <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, take the kids to school, you spend most of your day in the car, you run errands, you take care of your house, you walk the dog, you know, it's so normal. That is exactly what our lives were like in New Jersey. I mean, as mm -hmm. normal as could possibly be. Um, so moving to Switzerland, having said, you know, like, I've got a little itchy feet. I want an adventure. I want to try something new. Um, we got there and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. My life looks almost exactly the same in the day-to-day -day stuff because my kids were in school. So they would take the bus to school. Uh, my younger ones, my older one, um, one big change actually, actually was that she took public transportation to school. So she took the train, which was really kind of fun and very exciting mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. uh, which you don't do in the suburbs of the U.S. Right. Um, and then, the, you know, while my kids were at school, I was doing all the normal stuff. I was shopping. I was running errands. I was, you know, prepping meals or, you know, whatever needed doing, that's what I was doing. And it was just normal life. However, um, I think the big difference was that it, everything was exponentially more difficult. So going to the grocery store, took twice as long because I didn't understand the language. I didn't understand the ingredients or, you know, what I needed to, to make this recipe work. It, everything was different. Like everything, mm -hmm. um, just, you know, there, I, I don't know. just the language barrier was so hard with related to everything. So we, like we had a, a leak in our roof and I couldn't communicate with 
the guys to get it fixed, you know, trying to explain to them where it was leaking and what was happening and when. And so everything was just that much harder. So I felt like almost like my daily life was in slow motion because everything was just this, like moving through honey or something, Mm -hmm. you know, just very slow, very hard. Um, But also everything was, um, it was also just more beautiful. It was such a beautiful location that Mm -hmm. I kind of, I would wake up a lot of times and look out my window and we had this gorgeous view of the Alps and um, Lake Zurich. And I would feel like I was on this vacation. I'm like, I'm living this pretend life. I'd go hike in, you know, in the um, foothills of the Alps whenever I wanted to run there. And it was so beautiful that that added bit of beauty to our everyday lives was um, really very life-giving to me personally. Mm-hmm. And I think just to all of us in general, like we, we would talk about the beautiful things we would see. Um, so that was, that was wonderful. So in that sense, it was different, but the language barrier thing was really very, very hard to, um, manage on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like one other thing that was different, my, um, certainly our circle was different, our circle of friends, because all of them were foreign as well. So they came from all over the world. So we were having to navigate, um, as a family, having, making friends with people who don't see things the same way we see them. Their family life was different. Their values are different. Their, you know, the way they eat, their religion, their, um, just the way they live life as families are different. And that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So it was wonderful to expose our kids to that and let them, um, see how, you know, families can work in different ways. And one way is, you know, right for them and one way is right for us. And that's okay. And that's all, it's good. It's what makes us um, interesting people. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was wonderful. Just having such a broad um, experience. Yeah. So in our day-to-day life, it was very similar, but on weekends, that's when it really, um, weekends were very different for us. So we, we weren't able to go to church. There um, was only one English speaking church that we knew of anyway, that was quite far away and my husband traveled a lot. So we were like, we don't want to travel to go to church on a weekend when we can be together as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was hard because that was a huge part of who we were. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have church anymore on Sundays. And most weekends we traveled, like most of the expat families there, we would take that time as a family to travel together. So um, that's where things were different in kind of our lifestyle change. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I'd never thought of that. I mean, I know that um, in the United States, we're, we're very diverse, um, but at the same time, it's super easy to find people who are just like us. And I can imagine that would be difficult when you're away. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And it was, but it was wonderful. It was yeah. so great to be around people who just I bet. Were yeah. Culturally different. And it really made us rethink the things that we, thought were kind of the norm were really just American. They yeah. weren't the norm everywhere. You know, yeah. it, it's so funny. I, you just think things, oh sure. Everybody does that. Well, no, yeah. actually Americans do that, yeah. but not everybody. Perspective. <laughs> so definitely. Was, was good. Yeah. 
So you mentioned um, church being an issue for you in terms of like the experience was different. Would you say that's one of the hardest parts of maintaining your family's culture or was there something else that was, was hard for you guys to maintain? Yeah, that was definitely the hardest. It was the biggest barrier for us, the biggest obstacle for sure, when we started thinking about moving there because we knew that might be a problem mm -hmm. uh, given the language barrier. And, um, and then to find that it actually was a problem, you know, um, was tricky because church was a huge part of our lives and a really important part of our lives for our kids. And we wanted them to um, be in community with, you know, people who believe as we do. So we, we tried to kind of, you know, make it work in the sense that we would do church online a lot. So our church back in New Jersey had online services. So we would watch them together as a family if we were home and talk about them. But we ended up really just taking it as, um, taking Sunday as a Sabbath, which mm -hmm. seems counterintuitive because you would think when you're in the U.S. and you go to church that that's your Sabbath, but um, we actually would end up taking it as a day off if we were not traveling and we would just spend time together as a family because everything closes in Switzerland on Sundays, everything, mm -hmm. nothing's mm -hmm. open. Um, and when we were traveling, that it was frequently the same wherever you are in Europe. So, you know, you can go to like outdoorsy stuff and you can see sights, um, but a lot of stuff closes. So Sundays really were, became much more about family for us. Um, and I wrestle with that still. I wrestle with that a little bit. Like, you know, did we do any permanent damage spiritually to our children because of that? Um, but you know what, it was a decision that we made and we just are trusting that, you know, now that we're back, back to normal programming, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, you know, that that will kind of cover any imbalance there. Mm-hmm. And what was the easiest parts? What were the easiest parts of your family culture to maintain when you were there? What didn't change? What didn't change? I think the fact that it just, a lot of it, a lot of our time there just felt like normal family life. You know, we went to school. I went to sporting events. We had friends over. We went to friends' houses. We, um, we just had, you know, we had normal meals together. Um, that day-to-day -day stuff didn't really change that much, which was wonderful. So mm -hmm. we had our, you know, core stuff that we still did as a family. And then um, the added bonus of travel, which is a really yeah. high, high value for us as a family. Yeah. So it was, um, it was wonderful to kind of really focus on that because once we move back to the States again, you know, obviously we have to step back from that because we, first of all, can't sustain it financially, but you know, now that our kids are older and they're in high school, we can't sustain that kind of schedule right. of traveling. So I'm um, sure with yeah. the sports and the activities and it's impossible. You know, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. <laughs> it would be nice. True. Plus we're so much further away. Like we could hop in the car there and be in Germany in an hour or France yeah. or Italy yeah. in a few hours, you know? So yeah, um, it's much easier to travel. Must, uh, yeah, less expensive. Totally different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. so what are some of the things that you experienced or learned while living there that you have adopted into your family's culture now? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, in terms of like the smaller, like sillier things, maybe we, um, we do fondue nights. So fondue <laughs> is big in Switzerland, you know, cheese, like 
their dairy aisle is to die for if you're into dairy. Um, so their cheese aisle in the grocery store is amazing. Um, so we still do fondue nights a couple times a year and, um, you, every, we all look forward to it. Like we just love it. And it brings back so many good memories for us. Um, mm-hmm. so we do that and we, um, we definitely have, have, I think since then we appreciate being outdoors more. So the Swiss have a saying, and I think most countries who have bad weather, a lot of bad weather have the same saying. Um, they say there, there is no bad weather, only bad clothing. So oh, um, I haven't heard that. Yeah. So there's, there's, it's very much a culture, an outdoors culture and mm-hmm. you're outside all the time, four seasons. You just, you just are, are it's mostly yeah. cause you're walking and to the train or, you know, so they make the best of it and, um, they have outdoor sports all year round. So even though I don't consider myself sporty, um, we do, I think as a family appreciate being outside together and doing stuff like, um, for every father's day, we always um, go hiking together because that's what my husband wants to do on Father's Day. So mm-hmm. we make decisions like that where I think, you know, we're not deterred by a lot outside. You know, we, we'll hang out mm-hmm. in the winter. We'll go outside and enjoy that. And um, yeah, so that's been kind of fun, a thing that I never expected to happen. Um, and one other thing that I, well, travel, obviously. I mean, travel was already a value for us before mm-hmm. we moved. And, um, you know, having been there and had that just being reinforced consistently, uh, it's still really a high value for us. Um, and the other thing that I, I think the, the last thing I would say probably is that, um, the Swiss have, are very much about, um, quality over quantity. And there was something about stepping away from the consumerism of America that was very healthy and very life-giving to our family. So because our home was very small and the rooms were were tiny and our refrigerator was tiny and we didn't have a freezer, like there's no stockpiling of anything there, Mm -hmm. you know, you just can't do it. You can't have an excess of toys. You can't have, you know, you just can't have it. There's no space for things. So um, learning to look for things that would bring joy to our lives um, outside of stuff Mm-hmm. which ended up often being experiences. Like we place a higher value on experience over more stuff. Now mm-hmm. I would say some of us do better with this than others. <laughs> in my family. Some of us are stuff people. Um, but it was kind of a, it was a nice breaking of that habit of always going to, like wanting more, more, more. Right. Instead of just scaling back and thinking, well, how can I make this a good experience and have a good time with my family instead of a, an experience of excess, you know? So I think that's kind of, it's stuck, it's stuck with us. Um, but like I said, some of us more than others. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I bet it's hard to maintain now that you're back and we're definitely a culture that likes to accumulate things and, and, um, yeah. 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 My home is, a, I mean, not my home, my basement is a disaster <laughs> zone. It's so embarrassing. I think if a Swiss person saw it, they would be like, you are sick in your head. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, why are you, why do you have all this crap down here? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think because we have the space now, we yeah. tend to, we can overdo oh, it. And absolutely. it's really hard, you know, like you go to Costco and it's just, 
you know, yeah. excess and such huge amounts of things. Like who needs an enormous jar of mayonnaise that is, you know, <laughs> as big as your head? Like nobody needs that. <laughs> oh my God. So having to kind of, you know, struggle, swim against the stream here. Yeah. But I can imagine that was a fantastic lesson for your family and a fantastic yeah. experience and, and to be around people who are content in that area. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. It even, it would even trickle down to the smallest area of our lives, like the grocery store. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people in Switzerland, they go almost daily and they buy what they need for the day and right. they buy what they need for like the next meal or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't have huge pantries filled with snacks upon snacks and giant sized Dorito <laughs> bags and what, you know, like they don't have that. So it was, it was really good to see like, oh, okay, there's a whole nother way to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, unfortunately hasn't really stuck so much here. Like there were times where I was like, man, I wish I could keep five bags of chips when I had all of my son's friends over, you know, yeah. I wish I had the space, but now that I do, you know, in my home in the States, I do do that. I do keep, yeah. you know, larger amounts of food and I don't, I don't shop every day and, you know, yeah. um, but there's just something to be said for that. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, you, you just think more about what you're doing daily instead of yeah. spending a lot of time and money and end up throwing a lot of food away. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love your openness and willingness to adopt these things from this other culture that you had the privilege of being in for so long. Yeah. So, good. um, what tips would you have for people who are considering a big move, whether to another country or a different part of the U S where the culture is drastically different from where they are now? Mm, okay. That's, there's so much to think about, but I would say, um, first consider what your non-negotiables are as a family. So, um, you know, for some, like, just using my own life as an example, the church thing, not being able to attend church might be a non-negotiable for mm -hmm. some people. They may not want to move to a country where you don't speak the language um, because they couldn't attend church. So um, we, you know, we got around that. And I think for the most part, it worked for us. But, you know, any, any of those big things that are a huge part of your family life now, think about, you know, if those things were cut out of your life, what would that mean to you as a family? So for some people, it just may not be an option to, to move because there's something they won't have. Like say, you know, they won't be near extended family for a period of time. Well, if that is a massive core value for you, that might not, may not be the right decision. So definitely look at your non-negotiables. Um, and also it's important to know what you want out of the experience. So I think we had a pretty healthy handle on what we hoped for when we went. So, you know, we knew travel is important to us, experiencing other cultures um, without judgment and just, you know, enjoying them for what they are and how they're different um, was something we really wanted to get out of this experience. So mm -hmm. when we, when we moved, that's why we went away on weekends, you know, like we made it a huge priority. And I remember when we had a year, one year left, um, in Switzerland, my husband and I sat down and we were like, okay, what's on our list that we absolutely, you know, would be really sad if we left and we hadn't done it. So we had a whole list of things that we just ticked off weekend after weekend. 
um, of things that we wanted to do and that was important to us. So I feel like we got the most out of the experience because we wanted, you know, we knew what we wanted and we, yeah. we went for it. We did it. I think um, that's so, so important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, it's important to remember that you're going to have to assimilate in some ways. So to go in thinking, you know, I'm stepping in, I'm, I'm being invited into someone else's home and I need to act accordingly. Mm. So like the Swiss are very quiet people, extremely quiet people. Americans are very loud. So, um, <laughs> and they don't like that. They do not like when we're loud in their country. So, yeah. um, so we really made an effort with, when we were with our kids out in public, we shushed them. We're like, you don't get to be rowdy hooligans. You know, you yeah. don't get to do that here. You have to act properly or you will not be allowed out. Or, you know, that's a, a very small example. There are yeah. lots and lots of examples. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, if you're going to move some, somewhere different, very different, you're going to have to assimilate a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't become Swiss. We're mm-hmm. still American, obviously. Yeah. Um, and brought that with us. But, you know, like be respectful. Be respectful of the place that you're living. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think those are my, my top tips. Oh, they're great. I I love them. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up, would you tell us where we can find you online? Sure. Yeah. Um, I write weekly at KimberlyAnnCoyle.com. So my full name Um, and all of my posts from our life abroad in Switzerland um, are still on there. So if anyone was interested in reading, they could they could go read those. Um, I don't, I was not blogging. There was no such thing as blogging um, when we lived in England, which I'm so sad about, but uh, I don't have any record of those experiences. Um, and then you could also find me on Instagram. My, my name there is K.A. Coyle. And um, I post a lot of photos from our travels there too. So okay. join me there. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. You can read more about Kimberly's adventure as an expat at www.kimberlyannecoyle.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for Kimberly's newsletter and get a copy of the Mother Journals, a collection for mothers. It's encouragement to grow you soul deep in your parenting. You can find all the links to that in our show notes. Did you know each month we send out an email with tips, tools, and encouragement to help you build a thriving family culture? We know your inbox can get cluttered, so we promise to keep it simple and purposeful. If you'd like to get these emails, there's a link in the show notes to sign up for it. Becoming the family you were meant to be takes time and intention. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com. Today's episode was produced by Kimberly Amici, Noelle Rhodes, along with production assistant Melanie Torres. The Family Culture Project is a part of the Juniper Collective, a network of podcasting vision carriers who believe every person can have a better life.